Uh, welcome to the Magic Hour. It is uh, January yeah. 5th, 2020. That part I've got. Uh, the Lakers have just defeated the Detroit Pistons, as many teams have over the course of this season. Uh, 106 to 99, the final score at Staples Center. The Lakers run the record to 29 and 7, 14 and 4 at home. Um, and so, Andy, on this, I don't know what number episode of the Magic Hour, it's been so long now. Uh, they've been good the whole time. Like, there's, it's almost a broken record at this point, Andy, with, with, with just the, the, the amount of winning that they're doing. Hasn't always looked pretty. Yeah, in particular but of late, Brian, it has not looked pretty. It's and still happening. The Lakers, uh, their last three games, including this one against Detroit, have been against sub-500 teams, and the Lakers have won them all. They've maintained the streak this season of not losing to a team. 21-0 now or 20-0? Um, Something like that. Whatever and 0. Many and 0. Yes, um, and they, they have yet to lose to a team below 500, which – a is the mark of championship teams. This is typically what they do is they beat the crap out of lesser competition. But B, even by that standard, that's really good to go this long without losing to a 500 team. That being said, though, there have been periods of building up really big leads against these teams and then legitimately struggling to maintain them. Some of it is uh, lessening focus as the game goes along. But some of it is literally struggling to maintain right. and the that, lead. It's the second part of that, Andy, that that bugs me and should be more worrisome for Lakers fans. Because there are there are there are two kind of two categories of people. They're like, you know, how come you don't have the eye of the tiger and you don't step on the throats of your <coughs> excuse me, your opponents? You and can't I, do that. Don't do that. I no, I I can't right now. My my voice still isn't all the way back. <clears throat> but I'm I'm not really concerned about the eye of the tiger. I feel like they've got the eye of the tiger. They're good to go in that regard. That part where you they can't hold leads because every time LeBron James sits, and occasionally when LeBron's on the floor, but especially when he isn't, they suck. Like they're bad. They're a bad team when LeBron doesn't play. Bad team. They they really do struggle to function in, in ter- especially offensively. Like defensively, it's not as big of a deal. No, they're other, worse, but they're not catastrophic. I, I was going to say, other than the strain that they put on themselves with their struggles to score, which ultimately will affect your defense and, and create problems for you. Just make your life harder. Defensively, they're not a train wreck without LeBron, particularly when they're playing without LeBron, but with Anthony Davis, who mm-hmm. like. Like tonight, where he was absolutely spectacular. He, he yeah, can, the Lakers on Sunday night blocked 20 shots. Eight of them came from AD. Right. So, I mean, you, you can anchor a defense around Anthony Davis, even without LeBron, that at, at, at minimum will be functional. But offensively, they just really struggle to keep it together without LeBron running the show. Right. And so, like, you know, there, there are a bunch of different people who calculate this stuff and the on-off stats and this and that, whatever. But... The Lakers with LeBron on the court score, according, using basketball references numbers, and I'm just looking at those in front of me right now. When LeBron's on the floor, the Lakers score 116 points per 100 possessions. When he's off the floor, it's 106. So that's a huge swing. And then defensively, they're about two points, two and a half points better. So you, know, you look at it overall, they're over 12 points better per 100 possessions when LeBron plays. And I mean, that's just. I mean, I realize you expect some degree of, you know, a boost when your best players are on the floor and this and that. But keep in mind, when the second unit is often playing, it's often against other second units. Well, so okay, if you want to I mean, come on, if you want a staff from tonight that'll really put it in perspective, and I think I know where you're going. Plus minus is you know not the be all end all. Like any statistic, you have to take it within the context of the game. But this is tonight a game that the Lakers won by seven points. LeBron was plus twenty three in a seven-point win where he was the only Laker in double digits for plus-minus. There were some Lakers right. in double digits for the minus end of it. Right, and but- some guys who were close to double digits in 10, I call those people guys who shared the floor a lot with LeBron. Sure, but but the point being, though, he, he was the only Laker on the plus side in double digits. That's telling. Yeah. I mean, that, that's sort of the season, you know, a microcosm of the entire season. Yeah. And I wrote about this Friday uh, on the site, Andy, and what 
you know, why there there was a a stretch where LeBron, you know, if if you miss the game against Phoenix, this was by now is that was the the New Year's night game. So you're going back almost a week. January 1st. January 1st. There was a, you know, the, Frank Vogel played LeBron and AD throughout the third quarter with the idea that they could sit in the fourth. Didn't work. LeBron had to come back in for eight minutes in the fourth quarter. It turned a 30-minute night into a 38-minute night. And my point about it wasn't that, like, these eight minutes are going to rob LeBron of, of magic powers in the playoffs. It's what we're talking about. Enough of these things, you know, the same thing happens on, um, I really didn't even try, but they couldn't get LeBron that extra rest a couple nights later when they beat the Pelicans. The Pelicans, and then they certainly didn't do it against um, against Detroit on Sunday. So, like, if you're not earning LeBron this time off the floor, and it becomes increasingly difficult to do so because the team can't function without him, at some point, it's not unreasonable to think that this is going to limit the potential top end that LeBron has in the playoffs. Not that he's going to suck or fall off a cliff or get injured or any of that, but but you create a gr- you do create a greater risk of any of that happening. You do. There's no question. But even setting that aside, I, I just I feel like there. You know, I, I the the comparison I made was like the Lakers are running a race with a full glass of water, and like how much water like the is summer in the, camp right, race exactly? Like how much water is left in that glass is going to determine the winner, and and you got to go fast enough. What the, what in particular is Le- LeBron still a sprite guy? Right, correct. Yeah. He still endorses Sprite. The glass is filled with, filled with Sprite. Sprite, and it, I mean, because I, it really needs to be made clear: this liquid is all LeBron. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, all it like is. The, the liquid doesn't represent the entire team. No, the I'm liquid not, represents. I am. LeBron. I am less concerned, Andy, with like, I don't know, Rajon Rondo running out of energy. Sure. No, I'm actually, I mean, like, in Southern Nights, I'd prefer it. Right, but. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, that guy's Rondo's not got any but juice like the, left. The cup is filled with Sprite. With LeBron. Yeah. It's it, the, the essence of LeBron. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> as far as the checks go, it's Sprite. Right. If it, were a, if it were a cologne, it would be essence of LeBron. Sure. I, and it just, you know, because the expectation with the Lakers isn't that LeBron is just going to be this guy in the playoffs, who, by the way, is really freaking good. It's that he elevates. You know, his last two playoff performances um, have been stunningly good in terms of field goal percentage and the output and all that. The Lakers are kind of depending on it because they are a super two right now. It's it's LeBron and AD and this nice cast that fits well with that group. It, it, you know, a group that, you know that fits well together. And any diminishment in LeBron, like the Lakers, are clearly a title caliber team. They're the best team in the Western Conference. They also have the le- least amount of margin for error. Because if LeBron isn't able to be great, like just like really great, I, I, it hurts them. You know that's what they're relying on, right? And that's ultimately why they they just need to figure out a way to function better without LeBron. And this is going to be a real task for Frank Vogel to figure out because this roster really is built for LeBron to run everything. Like that, that's how they're going to be at their best, and, and by design. They did not give LeBron a lot of additional playmakers. I mean, one of them was supposed to be DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, in and, the front they, court, they, that's true. They, he was supposed to be a guy that they would be running a lot of offense through. And, and, you know, DeMarcus is a really, really good passer. He's somebody that can legitimately run an offense through all places around the court. He's not available. Anthony Davis is a good playmaker. But, but he's that's not, not what he does. It's not, it's not yet what he does. Alex Caruso has you know, made strides, but he's not there yet. They don't, you know, they don't have any other true point guard on the roster other than Rajon Rondo, who at this point can't do this I stuff think, anymore. I think, because they talked, you go back to camp and um, a lot, because I mean, and I, there had been hope that Kyle Kuzma would improve as a playmaker right, right but, now, but in terms they of just guys, need him to score. In terms of ball hands, we'll get to Kuzma in a second. Um, he's definitely one of the guys that we want to talk about tonight. In terms of like how the roster is constructed and who's going to play this job and give LeBron, you know, ball, you know, ball handling minutes away. I think they thought a little bit Avery Bradley could do it because technically he is a point guard. I don't know why they would have thought that, but but I honestly think you go back to training camp, they expected significant contributions from Rondo. Yes. 
And I, 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 unless, again, I, unless I'm misreading something, unless they were sort of lying to us and were like, well, this is sort of the best we could do, given that there weren't a lot of people available. So it's like, you know what? Let's load up on shooting because that's what's on the market right now. The point guards are gone. Well, they're also- Including, on- by the way, and we're going to get to him as well, Darren Collison, who was somebody who was on their list and then retired. Right. I, I, I think also, too, I mean, they, they're- there was also probably the realization on their part, or I guess the, the thought of a realization, that last year we made an effort to take the ball out of LeBron's hands, and ultimately LeBron didn't like it. I mean, it, beyond how well you think it did work, would have worked if everyone had stayed healthy, whatever, LeBron didn't like it. No. And LeBron ultimately wanted the ball back in his hands more, so they probably figured, and I don't think unreasonably, it's going to end up in his hand the majority oh, there's of no, time. There's no question. And I don't, I don't, the basic philosophy, I don't have a problem with. I, ha, I do have a problem with if you're like, oh, and in those times where he can't, Rondo I think is a, a really honestly, good. Honestly, I really do think they had been counting on DeMarcus when they did this. Maybe. I actually, I, am, I may be wrong about it. And there, there was never really enough. But it's more than playmaking. It's, it's ball handling. It's sure. You know, DeMarcus Cousins is going to take the ball and no, you know, but, but at least, dribble it up. But at floor. least you have somebody that, you know, Rondo could dribble the ball up and give, it, give to it to somebody else. And, you know, DeMarcus is going to demand well, more attention. The other thing about that is, Andy, and I, I, I wrote at the beginning of the year, like, you know, Dwight makes this sort of rotation a little cleaner mm-hmm. because he and JaVale, and JaVale even talked about this um, after the game on Sunday, like, they're almost like one player. Yeah. You calculate their their totals on the night and you look at it because you don't have to make a lot. There are some, but you don't have to make a lot. Broadly, you don't have to make a lot of, of uh, changes in what you're doing based on which of those guys is in the game. No. Either one of them is, the other one is, or neither. And like neither is a whole other deal. DeMarcus would have made it a little more complicated because you have different combinations of guys. Your, your, your rim protection isn't the same and all that and whatever. But he, he robbed, losing DeMarcus Cousins, even if he wasn't the super all-star version, robbed them of a, a, a guy who could come off the bench and score and around whom you could um, build an offense. And it left it to Kuzma, who both because I think of injury and just, sort of disappointing performance hasn't been able to come anywhere close. Nope. No, no, he has not because, and I don't, I'm not blaming him for what happened last week against Phoenix, but you have Kuzma on your team. And if he's going to be this guy that he wanted to be before the season and talked about being a 22 point lead against Fe- the Phoenix suns reserves, that's why Kuzma's around. Like that's his job. Like main trade buckets, maintain that lead, keep it at 17, 16, 15, with a few minutes left, so your stars don't have to come back in the game. He had two free throws with about ten and a half minutes left, and he didn't score the rest of that quarter. Yeah, and he had four points tonight. And, you know, Sunday night against the, the two uh, of eight from the field, zero of three from behind the arc. He had oh for one from the line. Right, he was five of fifteen, I believe, against uh, the Pelicans. Yeah, he had nineteen night. points, but, but it, it was, was a really inefficient exactly. nineteen. No, actually, I, I, it might have been nineteen shots for fifteen points. He was. Either way, no, it was, it was, it was, okay. it was the other way around. It was either way, it's, either it's way. inefficient. Um, and he's just, he is not, they need so much more out of him. Because when, when, the, when there's nobody to take attention off of AD, when those two guys share the floor together, and on the rare times when both of the stars are off the floor, then he's really the guy, it just, it, he's not doing it. Yeah, and I mean, all of this hasn't prevented the Lakers from winning. I mean, they, they've been winning games. They've done well, if not dominated, against teams above 500 as well. But all of this speaks right, to... Their record against over the really good teams is closer to 500. But A, that's not terribly unusual. And B, there are some, you know, guys have been missing right, games. Right, exactly. And, it, but, you know, but, it's, not a, it's not a crisis. Right, but what this speaks to, though, what we've been talking about after, after mentioning that they, you know, that they had this victory in the 20 blocks and... In getting into the shortcomings that we've seen, it just speaks to the idea that this team, they are among the elite teams in the NBA. They are on the short list of true contenders, and that doesn't change. But their margin for error Mm -hmm. is small for a team of their stature. It's it's very specific in the way that it's limited. All based on LeBron. And so that the question becomes, what can you do? And like what it's. 
they're a weird team. And like we thought at the beginning of the year, like, well, it's going to take time to come together. We're, this is going to be this evolving thing throughout the entire season. And what they are now isn't going to be what they are. And, and really, no, it's like it came together incredibly fast. And we know exactly what they are. And the because because the only real shot for for significant internal improvement is Kuzma. Everybody else is sort of doing what you would expect them. Dwight and JaVale are doing what you would expect them to do. Well, I mean, Dwight may be a bonus, but by now this is the established. But also, like if you if you were willing to accept that Dwight could play like he did in Charlotte, for example, a couple of years ago, especially in like you only need to play 20 minutes a night and just work your your ass off. Like this performance isn't that shocking to me, at least. Um, you know, so you know, it's really just Kuzma and everybody else is kind of that is what they are. Like Alex Caruso has been good, but it's not like Caruso is going to over the second half of the season have like a Brandon Ingram style leap in performance and output, like he like Ingram used to do at the second half of every year. It's not likely. It seems unlikely. Um, so, like, where can you look? And this week. Um, especially by the way, I mean, it should be noted too. Uh, Avery Bradley got hurt, hurt. against the Pistons tonight, uh, but also hasn't been playing. Very he, hasn't I mean, been they, playing they like him. he hasn't been playing really well, but, but at least he's been solid defensively. Yeah. He's, he's done certain things that they need. Well, well, to, well his defensive it, performance tailed off last month, this in December as well, but, but it's, it's been better. Right. Re, it's been better recently. And if nothing else, the defense of this team has made it so they can offset some of the offensive issues. If you lose one of the guys that have nothing else Frank Vogel trusts defensively, then things have to start being made well, up in other areas. And honestly, the, the the other bit of the fallout there is if Bradley is hurt and can't play, that could mean more minutes for Rondo, which is not, not a good idea. Um, yeah, it's interesting that with, uh, I th- with I Bradley unavailable. With, with Caruso. But. Well, with Bradley unavailable, it's interesting that neither Quinn Cook nor Troy Daniels played anyway. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, let's see just what happens. And, you know, the Vogel called it a sprained ankle. We'll know more this week. He looked in tremendous pain. He did. Um, Bradley. What do you do to try to improve? And so this week, the news, Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN uh, reported that Darren Collison, who, as I mentioned before, was a a guy on a lot of teams' lists, including the Lakers, uh, former Pacers point guard. um, Which means he has a relationship with Frank Vogel. He does. He played for one season, I believe. In his first stint, he's been twice he's been in Indiana. This first go around, Collison played um, in the half season that Vogel had when he took over for, I forget whom, and then the full season that Vogel had. He, Collison was on both of those teams. So he's got a relationship there. And Jim O'Brien, I believe. I, could be. Um, I trust you. So And you don't care. And I don't care. <laughs> there's, there's really that, Brian. I you really, just don't care. I genuinely don't care because it doesn't matter. Um, he retired before the season, you know, both to be closer and spend more time with family and then also to pursue, um, I, I apologize, I don't know if ministry is the right word, but he's a Jehovah's Witness and his, their family is very devout. And to do that, uh, to a lot of mission work and things like that, um, uh, is, is that. And now he is interested in coming back. He's interested in playing for the two L.A. teams. He is from the area. He grew up in, in the I.E. Um, grew up in the IE and Rancho Cucamonga. So it's Lakers Clippers, which is itself kind of a fun deal. Like a guy's going to choose again, but every free agent should only be allowed to choose two teams. Well, this was the template that was established uh, over the summer. You choose between the Lakers Lakers and Clippers, Clippers, especially if you're local. And Collison, it should be noted, has an opportunity to redeem and elevate Rancho Cucamonga in ways that Paul George and Kawhi Leonard did not do for Palmdale in George's case twice, and uh, Riverside. Yes. Like, those places are really have been excommunicated by Lakers fans uh, from the broader now, L.A. Now, is all community. of that, and I apologize for getting the geography wrong, L.A. is really spread out, and because of how spread it out it is, depending on where right, you, you live. Right, you don't go to these places. Right, I mean, you don't go to certain areas. I have just never be- been to Palmdale. I have been to Riverside. Right, I've been, I've to, been to Riverside a few times. I don't think I've ever been to Palmdale. I have been to Rancho Cucamonga, but it's been a it's long far. time. That is all IE, correct? No, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I mean, I can't remember. I know, um, I'm going to go with Jim O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, if I, one could of be. these, but here's the deal: if one of these, Palmdale is, is farthest, I think, and then like Rancho and and Riverside are kind of next to each my other. My whole I point think. being is there could be if one of if at least Palmdale or Riverside is IE, then there is double the no. pressure on Collison, but also double the opportunity. I guess, but no, I don't think I don't think. If what you're asking me is if Collison chooses the Lakers, does that does that bring uh, Riverside back? No, 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 I'm, no. It doesn't bring Riverside. Why ruin back. that? I'm talking about just or the, Palmdale. No, but I'm talking about the entire Inland Empire, whichever parts of it have no, been. No, the disgraced. rest of it's unclaimed. It's right. like a stratego game. Well, I say I feel like it's been disgraced. I mean, the, no, I well, not no, no. Well, that's that's a you thing. Okay. That's you generalize. I am going neighborhood by neighborhood okay. right. based on where these guys well, are Well, I mean, they, I feel like they've been disgraced because unfortunately nobody has come around and picked up. Right. By the it, way, the Moreno Valley, closer to San Diego, also disgraced. Right. And it should also it's be noted, further outside I, may, the orbit. I may be casting aspersion upon um, an area more broadly than I should because I'm not familiar <laughs> with where is where. Yes. They're just far from us. Okay. Uh, Riverside County. Is the IE right? So that's Kawhi. He he disgraced it. Um, trying to find Palmdale. Palmdale's further out than okay. that. Okay, all right. Well then, but I also think it might be the other direction. I'm not. I'm not sure. There, again, there's a lot going on. It's far. Like Palmdale's far. Yes, it is. And and Paul George ruined it. He really did. In the eyes of Lakers fans, twice. Yes, he ruined. Uh, Palmdale, Antelope Valley region, San okay. Gabriel Mountains. So totally, totally different area. Different valley. Darren, Co- Darren Collison only needs to redeem the IE because of one betrayal, not two. Right. But even then, I'm not, he doesn't get to bring Riverside back. Riverside's I, I didn't say Riverside. Riverside. Again, I'm talking I'm just about the IE. You. But the IE is a big place. No, no. Rivers, Riverside's dead to everyone at this point <laughs> as far as Laker fans go. Like pretty much, I imagine all the Laker fans who lived in Riverside moved. I mean, like it's one just, would think. Well, just I mean, how how can you live there after watching that betrayal from Kawhi Leonard? I mean, like I'm sure the place feels dirty to you, like it's unseemly. You're like you put your house on the market, you take a loss if you have to, and you get the hell you out get, of there, get out, and you move perhaps depending on what Collison does to Rancho <laughs> right. Cucamonga. Exactly. Um, so okay, but like it's it's funny to think about this because you know Darren Collison's a good player. Yeah, I mean, he's a four straight seasons of. Uh, 40% or better from three-point range, uh, one including a league-leading 40, I think it was 47% that year, uh, a couple years back when he was you know, the best three-point shooter in the NBA. Um, solid player, good defender, uh, can run a pick and roll. I heard uh, ball. on the Lakers Film Room podcast, our friends uh, Pete Zayas and Darius Soriano talking about Collison, and I don't remember if it was Peter Darius, but one of them raised a great point just about how Collison He's a guy that makes few mistakes when he's on the court. Yeah. And and like that's what you want from your role players. Just don't screw it up. Right. He can play with LeBron in the sense of a, as a spot-up shooter and a secondary ball handler when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, probably you'd have to play instead of somebody like Bradley because they're both small guards. You can't have both of them on the floor at the same time. But Collins is a good defender. So like you theoretically, if he plays to career norms, wouldn't you wouldn't be losing a ton there. Um, you might even be gaining, depending on your view of Bradley as a defender. Um, Certainly, and then you gain when, as a Bradley's a shooter. Bradley's right. been abysmal from, and when, from behind the arc. And when you, in those moments when LeBron is off the floor, Collison would be a, a massive improvement over what they have. And this is one of those deals. It's, it's like three point shooting. It's like free throws, which I want to give, you know, try to give a little attention to uh, tonight if we have if we have a minute. Like the Lakers don't have to get great. They don't have to be elite, in like, you know, bench LeBron off the floor lineups. Sort of. They just have to be average. If they become, an, again, a consistently average three-point shooting team, they're going to crush people. If they can get to the line, you know, as a, you know, 10th, 12th in the league in free throws made, uh, things like that, free throws per field goal, stuff like that, their offense is going to be insane. But you look at what they did tonight, it was a great microcosm of everything they've done all year long. They had six three-pointers, six of 20, 30%, and eventually got to the line, six, made 16 free throws, which is one below their, their season average. But through the third quarter, they were sitting on like six. So you can't, you know, you combine that, those two things with being unable to function when LeBron doesn't play, and there's just like, it's like you're dragging an anchor. Collison would be a huge improvement. 
I mean, almost to the point of, and this becomes an interesting debate, if you could choose only one guy between him and Iggy, who would you take? Because I think you can make a really solid argument for either one of them. Yeah, I mean, I you could make the argument- Fun argu- hypothetical. You could potentially make the argument for Iguodala in the sense that he would fulfill some of what you'd ask for from Collison as a ball handler and somebody that can run an He's offense. An excellent playmaker. Right, exactly. I mean, and- Yeah, you're not dribbling the ball up the floor, but once you reach the half court, you can use him as a pivot point to move the ball Yeah, and Iguodala is not a great three-point shooter, but he has a history of picking it up mm-hmm. in the playoffs. You know, he's he's statistically not as good as Collison. No. But, you know, he's if nothing else, he's proven in the playoffs, and he's a much better defender for what you need with this team especially. I mean, the, this team is really lacking in just wings who can defend, or right. even wings. This team does not have a lot of wings as traditionally defined. You know what I mean? Like, like as far as, it's a weird roster in the sense that they don't really have like a true small forward who plays small forward on both sides yeah. of the ball. It's almost weird. They're just like, you kind of look at this roster and they, they don't have a lot of that. Like whatever, like you got a lot of players and the players are playing pretty well. A lot of them are. But then like you look at like, well, they don't have any of those. It is strange. Well, it speaks to how much you can get away with when you have LeBron James and Anthony Davis on your team, mm-hmm. and they're both playing, you know, an MVP caliber seasons, there's a lot that can be papered over. Well, the when other guys just contribute. Stuff, yeah, the stuff that they're good at and have depth that they're like super deep. Right. Like that and, front that front court is bonkers. Yeah, it's really like, good. again like you go back to Sunday night. A night like tonight really drives that home. They had 20 flipping blocks, and that helps them play defense in the way that Vogel wants. Guys can get out hyper-aggressively on shooters, making them put the ball on the floor and either drive to the hoop or take mid-range shots. And you can do that when you know the guys behind you can erase mistakes like those three can. Um, as, far as, as far as who you would take, I don't know if there's a right or wrong answer because I think you, you can make an argument for needing both of them. You know, and you can make right. an argument for either one. What I do think is going to be interesting about it, though, is no matter which one you chose, at least in theory. I mean, look, one of the you could say Collison is the one you should go after because you can probably. Right. And, there, and there, there is a possibility you could do both, but I'm just saying, like, just for funsies, it's 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 a possibility you could argument. get both. But if if you get both, then you start really potentially tinkering with a rotation that you know, lest we forget, <laughs> has won almost 30 games to this point, has been really good. But also, too, no matter which one of them you theoretically choose, there is the political question of what happens with Rajon Rondo. Well, and it's, this is interesting because... Because in a perfect I, world, the guy whose minutes they take the most of, if not exclusively... It'd be Rondo. Would be Rondo. It'd be Rondo and some from Avery Bradley. Right, but, but the concern would be because of the politics and because of the sway Rondo has in that locker room, and, you know, he, he has it with And LeBron. a really good relationship with LeBron. He has it LeBron, with LeBron. He has it with I, Anthony Davis. Part of Davis. the reason I think he plays, you know, plays fourth quarter is because LeBron wants him out there. Right. But then you become concerned with, okay, does that mean that, that Collison would take minutes from somebody that doesn't deserve to see their minutes squeezed, like either Alex Caruso or, you know, if somehow it messes with KCP's minutes, mm-hmm. you know, somebody. And there, there are other ways around it, too. And, you know, if you took Iguodala. You know, you could go super small, you know, one through four and see Kuzma's minutes in theory starts getting. Actually, I think Kuzma's a guy who really would. But, but either way, though, they're, they're, they're the one who's the version of him we're getting now. But there is, though, that interesting question of Rondo, because one way or another, this likely affects, if not Rondo's minutes, certainly his func- you know, his function on the court and sort of what the hell do you do with the guy? The last year and that has to be accounted for i was i was it was i was told um you know a couple different ways like like that part of the reason that rondo played you know the 25 minutes a night when he was healthy was because he did more damage in 15 He he was you know so like meaning like he was actually worse and more harmful in shorter minutes and so like if he's not playing the right amount he just sort of sulks I, that is a a thing, and it's a possibility. But I also think if the team is winning, this is one of those places where winning matters. Because if you take bring in a professional guy like Collison, um, and the results are good and all that, like LeBron, LeBron is here to, you know, support his guys, and he's got his things, and he will put his thumb on the scales, and he'll do all that stuff. 
because he's LeBron James and he's a star and this is what stars do. LeBron James also, you know, was perfectly happy to see Dwayne Wade be traded, you know, from Cleveland when they were teammates. He never has demanded that Carmelo Anthony be added to this roster. And if any of the, you know, if he had said at any point, I want to play with Carmelo. No, like, no, seriously, I want, they would have signed Carmelo Anthony. Even though it was not a good idea. Even though it's not a good idea. I, I don't think he's going to allow Rondo to, and the sort of the politics around Rondo to scuttle what could be, you know, a continuation. He don't have enough time. He don't have enough of these left. Well, I mean, but I'm not the, saying it's not possible. I'm not saying it's not complicated. The, I'm not saying, but I actually think LeBron. It both feels like a little bit of the cause of the worry, but he's also the solution well, to it. In theory, maybe, but that would but that would also presume that LeBron sees the same problems that we see. Because the flip side is, remember, you know, when you and I covered uh, the Kobe's second 10 years with the Lakers, you know, the, the Kobe Powell era, a little bit even before that with the, the Smush Kwame era, we used to all marvel at how Kobe trusted Derek Fisher more than anybody else, even though there was right. tangible evidence that he should be trusting Fisher the least of anybody that was out on the court. He would trust Fisher, forget more than like Lamar or Andrew Bynum or Meta. he would trust him more than Powell. And there was absolutely no reason for that other than Kobe trusted him. That was Kobe's dude and Kobe would ride or die with him. And as, you know, as intelligent, forget how great Kobe or LeBron are. They're, they're two of the smartest basketball players, two of the smartest athletes you and I have ever right. been around. Mm -hmm. But these guys can all develop blind spots. And if there is a chance that LeBron has that type of deferential blind spot towards LeBron, I mean, towards Rondo, then yeah, it be, right. it's, it's, that, may, that may persist as an issue. I, what I do think is interesting, though, about bringing in Iguodala as a potential guy to alleviate some of this in terms of the sheer politics of it is Iguodala is someone that Rondo can't look at and say, my resume is better than yours. Oh, for sure. Like he could do that with Collison. He, well, he, I mean, Mike, I've been on a championship team and you haven't, yes. but that's about it. That's about it. But, you know, rings do matter. He's had probably more, he's probably had more playoff runs than Collison. He, he has a more elevated status if you look at his entire right, career. I, I, right. I mean, in I'm this, not saying he'd be right. I'm just saying he could. No, I understand. Do it. I understand. What you you're can't do that with Iguodala. No. I the, to me it comes down to this. It, Andre Iguodala is a more useful playoff player, particularly in a Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Clippers, where the Lakers don't really have anybody you want to put on Kawhi for significant amounts of time. Andre Iguodala solves that problem. Absolutely. You can put him on Kawhi for a lot. Yep. Not the whole thing. You got to mix and match or whatever, but he, he gets a lot of that, and it, that becomes really helpful. Yeah, like I said, this team doesn't really have a true right. small forward. Collison is a more useful regular season player. Collison helps them get there better than Iggy does because Iggy's not, not going to play a lot. Like I, I'm sure he's staying in shape because I'm sure he knows eventually he's going to end up on a good team making a playoff run somewhere. But like this, you know, it's, Everybody's cool with Andre Iguodala sitting for the first time. No, like, he's getting load managed. Right. I mean, this is great. <laughs> you know, so, you know, he'll be a little rusty when he comes back. But again, you're not looking for him to come back and score 19 a game or whatever. It's move the ball, grease yeah, the wheels, and defend. Well, no, that, that is not good. <laughs> not That is not okay. No, it's not. Um, so, but yeah, we'll see. But like signing Darren Collison. Could be the is as weird as that sounds. Like a backup point guard. If he's your starting point guard, if he's your backup point guard, you're in great shape. But like just signing a backup point guard could be the thing that that tips this in one way or the other for the Lakers because it makes them competent at one of their most glaring weaknesses. Because in the playoffs, Andy LeBron's going to play 42 minutes a night, 43 minutes a night. Those five minutes against good teams over the course of a series could be enough. Like that bad performances in those moments could be enough and Collison could fix that. So uh, I am here for Darren Collison signing. Plus, if he signs for the Lakers, definitionally, he's not signing with the Clippers. 
and improving them. Yep, absolutely. And they've they're actually their last few weeks have shown they could use they another could use ball a, handler as the, well. The fit is a little less clean because they have more. They have more people. backcourt guys that it's harder to imagine Pat when when everybody's healthy. You have Beverly and Shamit and uh, George, George and Lou Williams, Lou Williams, who has the ball in his hands all the time right. in the fourth it's, quarter. It's it requires a little more. Because how do you play in the fourth quarter? Are you really going to play Lou and Collison? Well, at the it's same also time? just it requires a little more tinkering and even just figuring out. Okay, where where do you put Collison? Like you know, where, where exactly does he fit into this rotation? Yeah, but that doesn't mean they couldn't use him, right? And, and again, and they'll, they'll be interested you know, in him just to keep him away I mean, from the Lakers. Look, Doc, so. Doc is a bright man, yeah, and there's a reason he's well compensated. If I could figure that out. He can figure exactly. that. out. The other, yeah, you know, the other, uh, we we touched Andy a little bit on Kuzma. We didn't touch on some of the uh, trade chatter that's now forming around him. Shams wrote about it. Um, I've seen a couple people kind of putting Sam that Amick out there. As well. Sam Amick as well. I mean, obviously, he's the name that's out there because he's the most appealing chip the Lakers have. He's young. He's not still, the most appealing. He's, he's the, the only, only one. Well, I'm Anthony Davis. No, but I'm I'm, I'm joking. Right. Um, I I don't. Is this a good time or the worst time to try to trade Kyle Kuzma? I don't know. I actually don't you're know. You're saying what I'm asking? No, I do understand what you're asking. I don't know the answer because I don't know what he's going to look like in a month. Um, he's also just difficult to trade, period. If he was, if he was playing really well, he still wouldn't be easy. But set, set aside the salary cap mechanics of it. If he, you know, he doesn't make enough money. To be easy to trade for somebody who's better, probably more established in the league, and and therefore uh, makes more money. I just mean like, no, I understand what you're asking. The, I don't know the answer because, because if he if he picks it up, obviously it would help his trade value. If he doesn't pick it up or starts to play worse, it could lessen it. You know, he also though could be just viewed right now as somebody that is having a harder time fitting alongside LeBron and Anthony Davis. That there's a certain amount of redundancy between the three of them anyway that isn't entirely his fault and if they look at the way this you know these second unit minutes are constructed particularly when ad and lebron aren't out there at all and he's relying on rondo to set up a lot of this could be a lot of gms around the league going you know what it's maybe it's not it's not entirely him you know it, it doesn't help that he hasn't been hurt i mean that he hasn't been healthy what makes it though also i think complicated for the lakers is even if his value around the league has been lessened, he's still their best asset by far. He's their most tangible asset right. that they have. No question. And you can only trade him once. Mm -hmm. So, like you, you have to do this right. Like you have, you have to do it at the right moment. You have to be cool play. if you could trade him multiple times. It would be great, but it's unfortunately not how the league works. <laughs> so, but like, but like you know, do, but if he was would playing you well, well, you wouldn't even have this. So wouldn't be a conversation. Not. Of course not. But like, would you be willing to trade him for a rental? You know, would you know how old is too old in terms of who you'd like? Would you flip him for like Bogdanovich? Sac Sacramento. Yes, I would do that because Bogdanovich is young enough. There's a RFA, you gotta pay him. Right, you gotta pay him. But you know, if he he's a type of player that I think is good enough that you gotta pay somebody, and he would actually fill a need on this team. This team needs more help moving forward in the backcourt than the frontcourt. So if it were possible to flip Kuzma to a Kings team that already is way too front court heavy. Yes, I would do that. I, I and I would do it with the assumption of I'm going to pay Bogdanovich and if 20, I'm just making that Right, up. no, I know that, but he's somebody that was on my list of people to even bring up and as far as 2021 goes, I'd worry about that later. It's You're trying to win a championship now. Right, Bogdanovich you, is really good and the Kings have to be wondering what they're going to be doing with it. I mean, the shine has come off the apple a little bit, I think, on Kuzma. And if, it, if it, you know, you can justify it in a lot of different ways. And I'm sure there, you only need one team to really like the guy. But it, another month of this, another month and a half, and you're not going to get. So, like, you might need, like, do you need to trade him? Like, and I, as a relative Kuzma skeptic, I, I can't, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he's, been this poor offensively over the course of the year, but I'm not overall surprised that he hasn't ascended into this sort of third star, quasi third guy or whatever it is place. Because I don't, th I, I don't think he was ever quite ready for that. And under the sort of scrutiny, if you're really watching, 
what's going on. Um, but on the other hand, he's the only guy they have capable of making that That's sort what of I'm jump. Saying. So that, they have it is to, really hard. It is hard, and they really have to be careful about this because if they trade, if they trade Kuzma, even if you feel like okay, he's not working out right now, they need to try to fix something. They they need to go after somebody that they think can actually fill more more needs in a more consistent basis, if nothing else. If for whatever reason that player doesn't make an impact, then you've just traded away mm -hmm. your only tangible asset that you really, I mean, unless somebody around the league has been drooling over tail and Horton Tucker, like you don't, you don't have anything else. I mean, like a lot of your, well, if you are, he can hand you a handkerchief <laughs> from like 14 miles away. <laughs> Man, that kid's got long arms. But you, but you know what I'm saying though. Like they they don't have Kuzma's it. Like Kuzma's not just it in terms of like the guy that that you would hope would ascend to be that third star. He's it in terms of okay, what else can yeah. you do to fix this? Tht roster? looks like you remember that scene in either Toy Story one or Toy Story two when they're in the bad kid's room where he's like taking apart all the toys and put them all back together in like freakish proportion. That's what. THT looks like. Yeah, in the New Year's piece that I wrote for The Athletic, my resolutions that I proposed for everybody on the team, my resolution for THT was take me clothes shopping with I you. I just want to see how that works. I, exactly. I said, you don't have to buy me a damn thing. No. I want to know, though, because he's somebody that's making second round money, so he doesn't make enough money that he can likely get everything custom made. Like, right. you know, he doesn't have that type of salary yet. I want to know, like, how do you go about getting shirts and because jackets if, if, and if, stuff? For people who don't know, like, the part of the appeal of 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 Horton Tucker is that he's got you know sort of small forward size with like Javale McGee wingspan. I know he actually has more like shooting guard size right. with Javale but, McGee. So he's wingspan. like he's not really tall, but like and his arms look like they were literally attached from the arms of a person who's like eighteen inches taller than he is. And it's rare. Like everybody in the NBA seems to have wingspan. Like. There are a couple guys you can tell have like T Rex arms and like Brandon Ingram, right? Little, oh no, the opposite. Carlos Boozer, he had little T Rex arms. arms, and everybody else is like, oh, these are very tall people with very long arms. And you're used to like Horton Tucker can tie his shoes without bending down. The, the way his I, arms are incredibly long. The way I described uh, Taylor Horton Tucker in our best case, worst case uh, series, um, everybody feels like everybody gets self conscious of their body. At times, and everybody feels like they've got the weirdest body in the world. Talon Horton Tucker actually has he the does. weirdest, the body, weirdest in the body in the world. <laughs> he really does. I mean, you combine, like if he has body issues, I get it. If you could combine him with Antoine Jameson, who was famously described at, uh, by Dan D'Antoni as high-assed like a flamingo, mm -hmm. now you're talking. Yeah, I mean, like he's basically like a sawed-off shotgun with arms attached to it, <laughs> like really long arms. It, it's bizarre. So I, I want to see what the clothes shopping process yeah, is Yeah, so like. anywho. Um, I forgot what we were talking about. Kuzma. Kuzma. We'll see what happens. I mean, like, as it gets closer to February, if he's playing better, if this changes the conversation, if he's playing worse, and in what ways. But the, God, the Lakers need more out of him. They really do. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I had been optimistic in that when he came back from that ankle injury, he started out playing well and also said that in particular, he had not felt this healthy the entire season and he looked as comfortable as he's seen this whole year but then there's been a regression he just he has not can't, given he just that, can't find a rhythm no and the, the coaching staff is sort of uh showing what they think about his play based on how much he's playing played 21 minutes tonight that's not what you'd expect uh on this team with this roster from coos so um <laughs> guys who are playing well lebron james Anthony Davis, they're going to be on the All-Star team. Yep, they are the top forwards in the Western Conference. Another guy, though, who is uh, making a sneaky case for All-Star uh, bids, at least among guards, is Alex Caruso. Yes! The bald with, mamba! The bald mamba with 13 points Sunday night, three assists, uh, five of nine from the floor. He was a plus four. Um, and the bald mamba tonight, even if, 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 if things keep going the way they are, um, Caruso is going to get a bigger boost thanks to JaVale McGee, uh, who put Caruso in a headband. Um, and, and, and changed his hair a bit. Changed his hair. He didn't, I wouldn't go so far as to say shaved it. No. 
but it's tighter. It's tighter. It's an improvement. It's step one, as you and I know, Andy. Yes. It's it's hard to go from what you got to clean. Yeah. Or a one. Absolutely. On, on, or even a two. Yeah. What do you, by the way? What do you do? Do you uh, do zero or do you do one? Uh, it's not even a one. It's it's in the it's quarters, just, I believe. What kind of shaver do you have? You have many, many no, it's layers. One of those, it's one of those blades. I right. Mean, it's, it's usually it's like one, two, three or whatever. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll be honest. I don't know. I've been you using have it down to you, do you, whatever. But I, it's hard to go from. I'm not completely clean. Mine is right. buzzed. I'm not clean. Right. But it's hard to go from. I got the statham, as I right. tell myself. Sure. <laughs> with the, with the, the same stubble, statham beard. stubble. Yeah, right. I got the stubble, stubble beard, the right. stubble head. And because of that, I look exactly like Jason Statham. <laughs> Old stubble head. That's what That's I've told what myself. So Caruso, I got a little, told by the way in a Target, Andy. You, we know <laughs> the person followed you and he like told you he, he followed me around the Target right. with a DVD to point out that I looked like Jason right. Statham. And then, I was was so asked, and then he was asked to leave. So happy. Uh, <laughs> yes, everyone knows that a crazy person <laughs> followed you. He around He was not crazy. He was with his wife, who seemed totally oh, lucid. Okay, <laughs> yeah, they both seemed lucid, and they absolutely they were shopping. They had a cart. They had everything. Oh, nothing to see here. So. My mother-in-law also told me once that she thought I looked like Jason Statham unsolicited, Brian. <laughs> it's very important to me. This has been part of the process of acceptance. So Caruso's got a little tighter. Like and Statham. so the look is different. And, and JaVale <laughs> McGee was um, responsible for it and was asked about that after Sunday's game. Saying that you styled him with the headband. Yeah. What, what kind of went into that? Well, went into it. I mean, I just, just see a vision, man. When I saw that vision of what he could be visually, um, <laughs> I made it happen. I also told him to get the haircut, also. So, haircut, headband, what happened? He went out there and flew like an eagle he is. I was gonna say, so he's lived up to your expectation, your vision. Oh, so by, by far, by far. far. He missed the dunk, but he went and dunked it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's the point. So it just ties in what we are. We are a hard-nosed team that we dunk everything. We don't let things come to the rim. We block shots. So we do. All right. So there, that's just more evidence that JaVale McGee is a national treasure. Uh, that is my favorite line of the year. Um, second, passing a, another JaVale McGee line where he was talking about, he was being interviewed about Rui Hachimura on the, uh, on the Wizards. And by a Japanese film crew or, you know, people came over and they're like, they'd come over and they were just asking anybody they could about questions about Rui Hachimura. And JaVale didn't have a lot of things about what they were asking about thing in Japan or whatever. And in the middle of the answer, he just says, shout out to Japan. Because <laughs> he's always wanted to go. He's always wanted to go. He said he'd like to visit sometime. Shout out to Japan. So uh, that quote now from JaVale, uh, he flew like the eagle that he is. Uh, he went out there and flew like the eagle that he is. That is now the best quote of the year. It was amazing. Um, it was so kudos amazing. to that. Uh, finally, Andy, before we go. Also, Dwight Howard, by the way, 10th among forwards. Yeah. In the West. So, that, I mean, that's, uh, that's also. And by, you're not one of these people. And Taco Fall, by the way, the seven foot six rookie who spent most of the year with the main red claws. At, at the time of the first Celtics rookie. In, he had played 11 minutes. minutes. Not and 11 he games. Sixth. He was sixth. 11 minutes. I know. We got to get him in. Right. Okay, good. You answer my question. You're not one of these people who's like, this, just, it, it, this, 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 you know, you can't have that in the All-Star game. No, I, my opinion is you can only, should only have no, that look, in the my, All-Star my game. No, my opinion, look, what I, if I voted on this stuff, would I have thought of putting in like Taco Fall as a joke? No. no. It would never have occurred to me. That being said, though, Now that it's there? Now that he's sixth, you have to get Everyone him in. needs to because vote for Taco Fall. Because if Taco Fall. Fall only ends up coming out of this thing ranked fifth or whatever, we gain nothing. Right, you have to make the NBA make yes. a conscious thing. No, he needs like to- where the voting, like, because they change it. It's called the it's the Jaja Pachulia rule, right? But like where, like, but like if he get him up to like second. No, it, I was going to say it needs to be staggering. It needs to be Giannis, Taco <laughs> Fall, whoever the hell's Anyone in third. Else. Like you need to force these no fun coaches to say, "I got my hands are tied." And the players I'm in all star games are stupid. Yeah. They are meaningless and stupid. And somebody's be like, well, if Taco Fall makes the All-Star game, if Alex Caruso makes the All-Star game, a deserving player is Man, not Caruso, going to Caruso's Here. defensive metrics would put him in the game, I'm just going to say. Well, yeah, well, it also makes him totally out of place there. I know. Um, <laughs> you don't want him doing any of that. So Caruso, my, though. My attitude oh. to that is, two, 
First of all, if Taco Fall and Alex Caruso have to be on the team, add another stupid player. I don't care. Like, make the roster bigger by one guy. Or if you're not allowed to do that, you know what I say to the 14th guy? Play better and be the 13th or just be guy more next popular, year. Be kitschier, or right, whatever. whatever. Find a hook, do something, <laughs> and be the 13th guy next year, and then it won't be a problem. Right. No, but I I feel like at this point, like you need to get Taco Fall into this thing. Otherwise, the whole the whole gag thing was dumb. It yeah, didn't pay off. The, yeah. Caruso, though, I mean, he's in the end not going to make the All Star team. I really do hope though that he ends up in the dunk contest. Says he's not going to do it. He said he won't. Uh, that's what I've been. I've, I remember hearing that from somewhere. I hadn't heard that. That's disappointing. Yeah. He's fun when he dunks. He is. Everyone loves when it's he dunks. A, I, but I, you know what, though? I kind of understand why. Because it's, it's, it's very condescending. Sort of, isn't that cute the way the white guy It the, is, the but at the same dunks. time, the whole headband look is a little bit of accepting the condescending. I mean, if we're really being honest about but all there's this. A difference and the high that, socks. There's a difference between that and actually entering and competing in the dunk contest. Not if you win it. Not if you legit win it. Is he that good a dunker, though? He's pretty good. But I've he never seen him down. do any tricks or anything. He can jump. I mean, the guy can jump. I mean, all these all of these guys have to practice the tricks. I mean, like Gerald Green didn't I mean, wake you know, up one morning knowing how to do the cupcake sort of stupid thing. Too now. I mean, uh, but it, it, but it's not as dumb as the All Star game, right? I mean, I'm I'm saying if if Alex Caruso wins the thing, not because you know of it's ironic to to have the the balding white guy in there, soft bigotry of low expectations, right? No, but I mean, if he actually wins it, that would be cool. That would sure. be enjoyable. I would watch that. Sure. Um, Taco Fall could win it. He can dunk without jumping. Yeah. Which is pretty neat, too. Uh, do you want to do the Brady Bunch thing? Or do you want to go? Uh, we can skip it. All right. There, there's a re- In a nutshell, there's a reboot potentially in the works of the Brady Bunch by Sherwood Schwartz's son. son. Sherwood Schwartz is the creator of the Brady Bunch. Right. Sherwood Schwartz's son, uh, Lloyd Schwartz is rebooting it based on the script idea of his son. So, <laughs> yes, Sherwood's it, grandson. Sherwood's grandson. It is a terrible idea. Yes, it is. Um, and we'll, maybe we'll tweet out the article or talk about it another day, but it is, it is a catastrophically awful idea, and the Schwartzes need to be stopped. Anywho, uh, the Lakers welcome the Knicks to town on Tuesday. Shout out Ben Lyons. Shout out to Ben Lyons, and then they get to travel to Dallas on Friday. Uh, so some, uh, well, one good game this hey, week. Hey, the Knicks gave Knicks. the Clippers a hell of a game. And they're game. playing better since that new coach. They have been. Um, the other Mike Miller. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, that's it. We'll see everybody next time. <laughs>